0: When we look at it from our perspective, anything more than 10% is kind of like, wow, that's a lot. So really, ideally, I, I liked my clients to be in that 5%, maybe 25 to 5% range um, from individual company stock.
1: It's time to retire with confidence. Welcome to Unlocking Your Financial Future with financial advisor, Ben Schrock.
2: Well, we're opening up the mailbag today on this episode of Unlocking Your Financial Future. We're taking questions from listeners, dedicating the entire episode to answering your retirement questions. We got a wide range of topics, which is why I like doing these mailbag episodes. Typically, we kind of hone in on one specific area of focus, but this mailbag episode allows us to bounce around, depending on what's on your mind. And uh, we are happy to answer and try to do our best to answer the questions that you send in every week. And we do so with Ben Schrock, the owner and financial advisor of Bay Schrock Financial Group. And Ben, we've had a lot of questions come in. I know you like interacting with uh, both your clients and listeners and kind of seeing what's on their mind.
0: Yeah, mailbag days are my favorite days, man. We, we love the questions. They're always good questions. Um, and uh, we, we can't thank you enough for the support and, and the questions that we get because they are awesome.
2: I guess that's also something like at least maybe not the mailbag specifically but I guess with your clients when you talk to people a lot I guess you can kind of kind of get a sense of what's really on people's minds like the trends in the industry and in the retirement planning world you can kind of get a sense of that right?
0: Yeah you do and uh, a lot of it is revolving obviously the market nowadays with it being so high and and all the issues politically so a lot of it kind of funnels into these but occasionally we get some you know off the wall questions that are you know kind of take us off our seat a little bit and say wait a second we got to think about this one so
2: yeah it just all depends it's a wide variety Well, we have five questions today, and remember, you can send them in to bashrock-fg.com. You can also call the office. You can ask Ben the question or his team the question, and we'll bring those on as well. That number is 330-473-1060. Also on Facebook, you can shoot a message there, connect to us there, and uh, send them over to the Facebook page, and we'll bring them on there. So A number of different ways to do that, but we have five today we're going to get into, and we're going to lead off with Beth. She asked, I could sell my house right now for 500000 and I only owe about $100,000. i am only 57, but I'm thinking about selling it now, buying a much smaller place, and using the extra cash to retire now. Is that a bad idea? Wow. I don't think it is. You know,
0: it, it, it's all going to depend on the state you're in. Um, You know, I know in Ohio, when you sell your primary residence, there's certain limits to what is taxed. So again, it's going to depend on where you reside. Um, But if you're you're in Ohio and you're married, up to $500,000 of those gains are exempt from taxation, those capital gains. So you'd be fine. Um, $250,000 if you're single. And again, it had to be your primary residence for the past two years. So from a tax planning standpoint, you'd obviously have to take that into consideration. So, you know, consult your accountant and see how much is that of that gain is actually going to be yours and how much is going to be uncle Sam's. But um, secondly, you know, what are you going to do with that? Are we going to use a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand 200,000 of that gain to buy that house outright? And then what, you know, how are we going to invest that money? How much income are you going to need now? You're only 57. Do you have other accounts out there? Those IRAs that you can't touch till 59 and a half. So there's a lot of other layers that we have to uncover. So, you know, from the surface, a $400,000 gain, I think a lot of people would be happy with and uh, but once you dive a little bit deeper and see what the true need is and plan, you know, with with other other things like health insurance and the other factors that I mentioned, um, it might not be as simple as just quitting your job tomorrow.
2: Do you have many clients right now that as they get into retirement or making that transition are considering that same thing selling their house and maybe moving into a smaller place and taking that extra money and and using it somewhere else?
0: I would say a ton really? <laughs> there, there is. I mean, and a lot of them are just downsizing just to be a little bit more practical and saying, okay, I realize right now I can get up and down the steps, but I'd like to get on a single floor eventually, or, or, Get down to a smaller house that I can manage or maintain or one that has an HOA that I don't have to worry about my landscaping or plowing the snow because it snows a lot here in Northeast Ohio. Um, so, yeah, we, we have a lot of clients that are looking to do that. And where we're at, the, the ranches or the little senior communities, houses fly off the market. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, interesting. Yeah. I, I always wonder kind of how that is. I know it's a big process, but you know, a lot of people have that opportunity to just downsize and save a lot of extra money. So I guess that's something you guys are doing a lot. Um, yeah.
0: And you can take advantage of the good real estate market markets. Yeah. So like, like I'm like looking in best situation, I'm saying, Hey, you know, 400,000, I don't know what she bought it for, but a gain of that large of a number is, is hard to walk away from. So you definitely mm-hmm. got to consider it.
2: Yeah. It has been a great market uh, for the last five six seven years it's been yep. very very strong um all right so dave asks the next question unless my company's entire board of directors gets in trouble for sexual harassment well that's very specific uh, which i guess <laughs> is possible these days i feel really confident about our future potential and growth how much company stock is too much to own in my 401k yeah, I, I don't. I want to know where he works. Um,
0: that's a <laughs> <laughs> tough one. Now, just like anything, Dave, uh, it's challenging to be too exposed uh, in one stock. So, for instance, if you just had a hundred thousand dollars to your name. Um, How much would you go buy Apple stock with that? And that's all you had. You know, I kind of put that question back on him a little bit. So when we look at it from our perspective, anything more than 10% is kind of like wow, that's a lot. So really, ideally, I, I liked my clients to be in that 5%, maybe 25 to 5% range um, from individual company stock. Um, now, again, there's certain companies that might incentivize and match with company stock. They have some creative plans out there, but I would you know, go towards the lower end, maybe probably 5%, 5 percent ish is a good point for company stock because you're exposed totally in that one stock.
2: Okay, so that's a good kind of a basis to go off of, Dave. But you know, I think the other thing to consider is, you know, no matter how strong your company seems, you know, with the way technology and and forget about the legal trouble. You know, the way technology is changing so much that so many companies that have been long-standing, great companies that have felt the the pain of the technology shift, and there's been some really good companies that have kind of, I mean, not gone belly up, some have, but others, their stock has dropped significantly, and you never would have guessed that, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Right. I mean, just take GE, for
0: instance. Yeah. That's a great point, Ben. I mean, that look at that stock. They were one of the original, I think, in the original Dow 30 years ago, and they still are, but, I mean, that stock has been taking a beating lately and if that's your your company you're getting hammered in, in your company stock so
2: yeah that's a really good point thanks Dave for that question our next one comes in from Lisa I'd really like to meet with a financial advisor but my husband says we're fine handling our investments ourselves is that okay to do without help? It can be Um,
0: depends how savvy your your husband is. It's something to where I'd like to say you know no, you have to have our help because then that's job security for us. But um, we realize that's not the case. Not everyone's always comfortable coming in and meeting with us, Ben. And I also don't think that. Um, In, like, Lisa's situation, maybe they don't truly understand what financial advisors do. And our firm's a a little bit different than most. We're not just going to sell you a stock or sell you a mutual fund and send you on your way. We're not a broker. We're planners. So we're going to build out that financial plan. We're going to include Social Security, your pension, your taxes. We're going to look at everything above and beyond just picking your investments. So I think once they understand there's more to what we do than just stock picking or being the uh, quote unquote broker of the world, once they realize that, then And he might want to sit down with someone like us to have that conversation.
2: Do you ever have clients or potential clients come in and it's just once one half of that couple and they kind of have this conversation like, hey, you know, I, I want to get involved. What can what can you do to help me out? Or do you does everybody usually come in at least kind of on the same page somewhat?
0: Oh no, we we see it all, all the time where one is very guarded and almost like forced to come in, or they're sleep <laughs> sleeping on the couch type situation. But no, we, we see it all the time, and we can read the body language if they're sitting there with their arms crossed and kind of uh, a little bit of a scowl. They they I know they really don't <laughs> want to be there, but it's our job to kind of you know bring up these questions and ask them these thought provoking questions and dive in a little bit deeper and and tell them you know show them our value, and that's what we try to do with every single client is, you know, prove to them that, you know, through that second appointment, that's really where we dive into the, the nitty gritty and our, our planning is to show them what they really haven't thought of or really looked at and look how much detail we go through in every individual plan and once they really see that i see their faces change their guard comes down and they really start to see the value in what we do because if you can't see the value in what a financial advisor does you honestly are better off doing it yourself because you're only going to make yourself upset by paying someone for their services
2: yeah good point Paul's our next mailbag question. He says, "I have about 50,000 in cash value in an old life insurance policy. I don't really need the insurance anymore, so should I just cash it out and invest that money elsewhere?"
0: Yeah, back to the old life insurance days. <laughs> um, so I got to dust off the old books, but no, it, that that one's gonna be interesting. So in Paul's situation, we have to dive in a little bit deeper, like we do in all these situations. I wish it was just a, a vanilla easy answer, but Paul, we're gonna want to know kind of what you paid into that thing and, and what that basis is. So meaning, if you paid twenty five thousand, that's your basis uh, into the contract. It's now worth fifty. If you cash that thing in, you're gonna pay taxes on the gain, the difference between the twenty five and fifty. So you're going to have to pay tax on $25,000. So understanding what that portion might be is a good starting point. And then say, okay, after that, it might not be what you really thought it was and and better off to keep it. The other part is, you know, if you don't actually need the insurance, there's other strategies you can do or utilize within life insurance um, where you can put the cash value to work better for you. Um, For instance, you can do a 1035 exchange, which is a tax-free exchange of of cash value from an insurance policy to insurance, or you can go from life insurance to an an annuity and get that money working for you a little bit better. Um, And you don't pay any taxes on that transition, only when you take that money out again, um, like we mentioned in in the previous, uh, just the previous example there. So again, at first glance, it might seem like a good thing, but once you dive in a little bit deeper, you might want to look at uh, other options or some of the tax consequences by doing so.
2: Yeah, and Paul, I think, you know, the point I, I get from, from the answer is, you know, with every decision you make, I think it's important to get feedback on because there might be options out there that you're not aware of that actually might benefit you better, and you might actually prefer, but you're not aware of them because you haven't been through it and, and don't really know what's available to you, and that's where an advisor comes in. So, yeah, that's something to consider right there is, is mm-hmm. you might have other insurance options uh, before you even cash out. So, something to consider, Paul. Uh, final question comes from Cliff. I told myself that once I had a million dollars in my portfolio, that I'd move a lot of money to cash. But now that I'm at a million, I'm thinking I can get to $1.2 million before I make that move. What do you think? I think Cliff's just like everyone else. Yep. We all think we can get
0: there. <laughs> um, so no, in all seriousness, Cliff, that's a really good question. And I would ask you why. Why do you need to get to $1.2 million? Does your plan Need you to get to 1.2 million? Is there just a a self gratification of getting to 1.2 million? Um, So, kind of diving in deeper there to say, uh, what can you do with a million dollars? And if we preserve that or build a model like we had talked about when I had Keith, our portfolio manager, in talking about dividends and income off of portfolios, you can you know safely distribute money off your portfolio throughout the rest of your life in retirement. So, again, I I don't think it's. uh, I wouldn't say go. go ultimate conservative or ultra conservative and go all to cash but I also don't think we need to let this thing ride all the way to 1.2 million either I think we can restructure this a little bit get a little bit more defensive a little bit more conservative and still potentially hit 1.2 million maybe not as quick but also we can get there um, without just burying it in cash or you know staying a little, getting a little too greedy and getting stung if the market turns on us
2: yeah there's some middle ground there but I also like the the just to kind of maybe not random, but hey, a million dollars, that's what I need. And, right. And we're good there. He, he could be well beyond that and be in really good shape or he could still be uh, a long ways away. So it kind of depends on what's going on. But 1000000 uh, that million dollar number is one everybody kind of aspires to. It's got all the luster to it. But uh, does that actually make a difference to you personally? That's what you got to figure out right. with an advisor.
0: And I, I don't know where that million dollar came from, honestly. Ben. Sounds good. It, it sounds great. It, it does sound good, but everyone always thinks I need to have a million dollars to retire. It, and, you know, it's, it just depends what you want to do, and in and, and Northeast Ohio, a million dollars takes you a long way, and so figuring that out, once you layer that in with other sources of income, you realize how long that can actually last you, unless you're going to the casino every night, and, you know, or betting on horse races, you know, it, it can last you. Or betting on you. the Browns. Yeah, 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 you'll lose a lot of money doing that, until, I'll tell you
2: that much, but um, yeah, you, it, it definitely could last you a long time. For sure. Well, all great questions and all really good topics to kind of consider. But as you can see, Ben's uh, very well versed in each one of these and and many more. So if you have any retirement questions beyond this, you maybe don't want to send them in to the website or Give him a call. Uh, Make sure you sit down and have an appointment. Talk to him one-on-one, face-to-face. Let him get to know you and your situation, and then you guys can go from there and figure out what's best and work through some of these issues and put put a plan together that you're both happy with. Well, specifically, the client's happy with. Um, If you're happy, Ben's happy. But you know what I mean? Sit down. Work that out and uh, and get get in front of ben His website is bashrock-fg com. Their phone number is three three zero four seven three one zero six zero, and they're always happy to help. But we always appreciate these questions. It's always fun to bounce around, and you never know what's on somebody's mind. Ben,
0: yeah, I love I love mailbag questions because, like you said, it's any question is is up for grabs. So we never know what's coming in and and. Uh, We always had to stay on our toes.
2: Yeah, for sure. So if you have any questions, we'll have another Mailbag episode coming up sometime uh, in the near future. So go ahead and send that in to bashrock-fg.com on Facebook as well, your way you want to do it. And uh, we'll bring you here on to the show and and maybe ask them if uh, if it works out. So thanks again for your time, Ben. Uh, Enjoy enjoy the conversation. And uh, we'll talk to you here pretty soon again on Unlocking Your Financial Future.
1: Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management LLC, AEWM. AEWM and BA Schrock Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. BA Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing company. BA Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with a U.S. government or any government agency. This show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to make meet the particular needs of an individual situation.